What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast. That's right, you're locked in to the flagship 3FN podcast. Of course, this week we'll be talking some nerd news, but most importantly, in the 3FN Movie Club review, we'll be talking about the brand new Dwayne The Rock Johnson hit. That's right, Black Adam. But before we go that far, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Let's start off with the first one. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very proud of him because he don't take no shit from no marching band. He beat about 10 of them motherfuckers up this past weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Cunningham don't got shit on the first nerd. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Actually, I was the protector of the marching band in my school. Uh, I'm sure you were, but this weekend you had to take out the MBK. I did. Once and for all, if you know what I mean. I do have a story about that, about that, though, protecting the marching band at my school. Well, we'll have to listen to that some other time because we have to introduce the other nerd. Of course, he doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction of all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag... Diesel Molenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. That's right, I'm talking about Diesel. This one time at band camp, I stuck a flute in my. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. That's very talented, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you did. I didn't. How many keys deep? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's thinking about this, folks. Uh, We were like eight in. Eight in. Wow, that's very impressive. Very, very impressive. Well, nerds, how has been your week starting with you, Ron? Uh, It's been a week. It's been interesting. Things happen. Can't really talk about it now. But, you know, it's been one of those weeks. It's just things going on. It's just one of those weeks where you don't want to wake up. Oh, Fred Durst, where's he at? (laughs) Works work. I'm just counting down the days till I'm off to the new year. I have 13 working days left. Jesus. Fuck you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Fuck you. Unless I choose to work overtime on Veterans Day. Then I have 14 working days left. Fuck you. <laughs> Listen, all I got to say is that, ladies and gentlemen, we hate Ron. We really, <laughs> really, really hate Ron because he's a son of a bitch. And just so you know, that's not the sound effect. We were throwing shit at Ron right now. <laughs> Diesel, how's your week been? Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, my birthday week was very good. Uh, I had dinner with both of you guys, fine gentlemen on different nights. Uh, thank you very much for dinner. You're welcome. And uh, we got to see a movie this week, which we'll be talking about later. I uh, finally got to go visit my dad for the first time since his retirement. Uh, it was a very good week. It was the best week I've had in a long time. <laughs> very productive. Uh, my 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 work life has been hell because we've been super busy, but that's okay. Uh, went to see Black Adam. Went to have dinner with Diesel. Watched some wrestling this weekend. It was a good relaxing weekend. I got back to like just having a good time. Cleaned up the house. All that happy jazz. Can't say I did anything too extravagant, but it was it was a lot of fun. Kind of getting back into being rested up. Uh, I got some big things coming up in the next few weeks and some family things. I got I got a trip to Oneana. Uh, which is about an hour away from where we live uh, this upcoming Friday for my kids last varsity game of the year and then last but not least on Sunday I have a lacrosse tournament that he's a part of and that's in Ithaca so it's like I'm driving an hour either way (laughs) on two different days this weekend so I'm happy for the downtime I've had this past weekend 
With that being said, though, I hope everybody at home had a great week, and I hope you have a great week this week as well. But before we can go any further, we have to get some business out of the way, and you know that means we have to hit you up with a little bit of shameless plugging. And if you want to know anything about the 3FN podcast, you want to know about our social media presence, you want to hear anything about the shows, whether it's the 3FN Horror Show, which just launched, or 607TWS, Friends of the Show, any of that, it's simple. It's a one-stop shop, 3FNpodcast.com. There, you can find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, but the link is right on 3FNpodcast.com. Also, our Public link is there. For those of you who would like to uh, buy some swag so we can see some nerd wear in the wild, check that out. Sales are going on at different times. Keep your eyes on our social media links for whenever sales come up, but the Public link is there as well. Plus, there's the links to people who contribute music to the show. We call it the Musical Directory, where you can hear bands like Shout at the Robots, who do our theme song each and every week check them out on bandcamp youtube music and spotify also links are right there as well plus on top of that we have our local sponsor links at 3fnpodcast.com and those are the people who help us bring to you the show commercial free each and every week we'll give them a quick shout out right now first of all the people who provide us with the 8122 production studios dragon master games for all your magic gathering and gaming needs visit them on the world wide web dragonmastergames.com and if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events going on at the shop, make sure you like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And Rexter Rods Auto Detailing. Look at it. 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in the right, tell them the 3FN sent you. And last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We know it doesn't go down until August 25th and 26th of 2023, but they're already announcing stuff and... There's a huge ticket sale from October 28th till October 31st. You can buy weekend passes for $20. This is the cheapest it's going to be. Two-day weekend pass for $20. Go to scifihorrorfest.com for all of that information. And once again, all of it's under the banner. It's called 3fnpodcast.com. By the way, Diesel, if they want to send us any hate mail, how do they do that? 3 Fat nerds pod at gmail.com. There you go. And once again, just because we got to get it in there one more time because I'm having too much fun with it. Uh, where do they go? What's the website? How do you get there, Diesel? Type into your Google box HTTP colon backslash backslash 3FNPODCAST.com. I just wanted him to fuck it up. <laughs> 3FNPodcast.com. <laughs> yes, sometimes we do things to pop ourselves, and hopefully you find them entertaining as well. But uh, he did not know what we were going to do in the opening at all, because that's the first time we've done it that way. And uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we, we're moving the shameless plugs around. But at the end of the show, for those of you who didn't stick past the, the shameless plugs at the end of the show before, there's a special spot that Ron does where uh, he takes movies that all of you love and he reads bad reviews of them. And it's a movie he doesn't like and he does it every week. So you're going to want to check that out at the end of the show because uh, there won't be the full shameless plugs at the end because we did it at the beginning. See, we're getting more efficient. It only took almost five years. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well... That's enough about us. That's enough about 3FNPodcast.com. I think it's time to jump into this show because it's time for this week's... Edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. He didn't fuck it up this week, people. <laughs> he didn't fuck it up. I'm so impressed by him. All right. Well, we had some uh, big news come out this week. And yep. once again, the curse of 3FN kind of got lifted. 
just a tad bit. Because normally, as you know, new trailers drop after we go out there, whether it's after the show, later Monday night, because we record on Mondays, or if it's on Tuesdays and we don't get to talk about them. But today, Marvel Studios graced us with the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Quantumania. Or as, uh, if I can do it because my voice has been a little wacky these days, Quantumania, brother, yeah. Uh, but yes, so we got the first trailer for Quantumania, the first official trailer, and I want to get you guys' opinions on it. So, Ron, starting with you, what did you think of the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania trailer? Overall, I'm fine with it. it. It gives you just enough to try to get you interested in the story. The fact that it's, you know, they didn't really explore the quantum realm really before just to get uh, uh, What's Her Face out of there. I, I, I get it, and so you had to have a reason to do it, and it's just kind of cookie cutter reason you know insert okay cassie lane makes communication to the quantum realm and okay we're going in and that's how we all get dragged in and then there's you know everything happens fine whatever i'm fine i want to see uh kang that's really the only reason why i want to see okay diesel yep the the big reveal of kang has me ready to go i am all ready for the king dynasty to begin in the world of mcu um, I, this is the first uh, Ant-Man trailer for the three movies now that actually has me excited, like super excited for it. Yeah, I, so I enjoyed the first two ones, but like going in, I was like, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. This one, I cannot wait because I'm ready for the King Dynasty. There yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, I did dig it. I thought that it was a, a interesting take. I like how Jonathan Majors looks at King. I do have some reservations, just like Ron, uh, but I would take a little different uh I'm tired of them getting sucked into shit. Like it seems like in the Atman movies, with the exception of the first one, the second one was them getting sucked into shit. This one's them getting sucked into shit. It's kind of like, eh, can we not get sucked into shit? Well, when you're the size of an ant, that's a big concern. Well, they were full size when they got sucked in this time, so yeah. it's, it's kind of strange. But that's fine. It is what it is. That's what they do around here. Yeah. And then my other problem, but first of all, big positive. I love that they played Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Oh, yeah. That was a favorite of mine. However, my upset with that comes with the fact that there was no Effie. (laughs) When I hear Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, that means Effie is there. And and I didn't see Daddy in the trailer at all, so I'm a little upset with the fact that there was no Daddy. Daddy is still fine, though. Yes, Daddy is fine, but uh, there was no Daddy in the trailer. Uh, If you guys are wrestling fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But no, I thought there was a good trailer. You knew that they had to get there. I do like how it appears that, like, when we saw the the bootleg uh, Hall H, it wasn't a trailer. It was more or less a presentation. When we saw that bootleg footage, we got the infamous, you know, have I killed you yet line, which I thought was interesting. And in this trailer, I think they're trying to forget that that happened because I like how they're playing Jonathan Majors as Kang being kind of friendly. Yeah. He acts like almost like, hey, listen, I'll help you out of here, but you need to help me with something. Yeah. And so it's almost like he's giving himself as he's a friendly person instead of not friendly. But then it kind of got wasted with the Hall H thing, yeah. in my opinion. Well, we don't know that because there are many variants. So it could be that's a, true. There could be a different king that said that one line. I did like how it ended too with the, you know, you know this trailer begins with him getting called Spider Man. Then all of a sudden, it's King's just like Ant Man. Yeah, like Kang knows who he is. I was like, yes, of course he knows who he is. It's his job to know people, but we won't have to wait too, too much longer. Of course, the uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania will be dropping February 17th of 2023 as the first Marvel movie of 2023. So mark it on your calendars. We will definitely be talking about it here on the 3FN podcast. 
There was another trailer that dropped, though. And this trailer, to be fair, got Diesel rock hard. And I know it did. And I sent it to you because I didn't think you saw it yet. So hopefully I was the first one to share with you <laughs> your, your your excitement today. I even put something in there like, I, this is going to make you fill the cup. And what I'm talking about is we got the trailer, the very first trailer for Creed 3, starring and directed by one Michael B. Jordan, of course, Diesel's sexy, sexy chocolate man. Diesel, you can take the floor. What did you think of the Creed 3 trailer? As sexy as a chocolate man that Michael B. Jordan is, this double shot of Jonathan uh, Majors this weekend... Oh my God, he looks ripped. I think I have a new man crush. Uh, actually, I loved how he looked in this trailer. He, he looks in amazing shape. Yeah. This trailer looks great. Um, Jordan's, uh, I think it's his directorial debut. It is his directorial debut. And I'm super excited. The trailer looks great. You get a little bit of a backstory. Obviously, uh, these two characters knew each other in the past. Something happened. And I think the Creed character has some blame in himself for what happened with uh, Damien. This looks great. This looks really good. It had, uh, the Damien character has kind of uh, Mr. T vibes almost going. Very much. And I like because it, it, it goes along with the Rocky movies. Yep. Rocky 3. We did have Mr. T. I know they kind of skipped with Drago a little early, but we did have Mr. T and Rocky 3. Uh, Ron, how'd you think of the trailer? It's fine. I haven't watched any of the Creed, so I just oh, went so in. Good. I know. I know yeah, I need it's to. so good. I, I know I need to, and I will, you know, when we go and watch this. Obviously, I'll watch the first two beforehand. It's fine from what I saw. I mean, I can see where it gets people that haven't watched uh, either of the movies or any of the Rockies that get them into this. It, it's a, it's going to be a hell of a continuation of the story, so I'm good for it. Yeah, I like this trailer a lot, and I agree with a lot of what Diesel said. It was a very good trailer. I do want to read this. This it was part of the press release with... Uh, the trailer. Uh, per the trailer, it appears that Damien was a friend of Adonis's when he was young and he took the blame for something they did together, resulting in a life spent in prison. In the first Creed film, a flashback revealed that after the death of Apollo Creed, Adonis was officially adopted by Marianne Creed, who became aware that a child her husband had during an affair had fallen on hard times. After Adonis gives Damien a chance to come to the gym and train, it seems like the whole thing takes on a very Rocky Five vibe, with Adonis's friend and uh, mentee becoming coming unstable and ending up gunning for him. Uh, and then it goes on to say, Creed 3 serves as Jordan's directorial debut, carrying on a legacy that Stallone started in the original Rocky series. The actor and filmmaker wrote every screenplay and directed all but Rocky and Rocky 5. Each installment of the Creed franchise has been tackled by a different team so far, with Ryan Coogler directing the first from a screenplay he wrote with Aaron Covington and Stephen Cappell Jr. directing Creed 2 from a screenplay by Jewel Taylor and Stallone. Based on a story by Sasha Penn and Chow Hudari Coker, Coogler returns to provide a story for Creed 3, and the screenplay is written by Zach Balin and Keenan Coogler. So, very, very interesting uh, work going in here. Ryan Coogler coming back to, you know, pretty much lay out the outline for the movie, and then, you know, stepping into that director chair for the first time ever. Michael B. Jordan, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna knock this one out of the park. Because the trailer looks amazing. Yeah, the trailer looks so good. And we don't have too, too much more time to watch, but we will get Ant-Man and the Wasp first because this will not be released until March 3rd of 2023. And that is another movie that I can pretty much guarantee everybody that we will be covering on the show. Let's jump into some DC news because in the second half of the show for the 3FN Movie Club review, we will be reviewing the brand new DC Studios film, Black Adam. But DC had other news in hand this past week. And it is kind of interesting because it's not something that wasn't already coming. 
But it did happen. DC Films boss Walter Hamada has exited Warner Brothers Discovery, according to a new report. Deadline sources indicate that the 15-year leader in the operation is just waiting on the company's leadership to finalize his exit package. From 2018, Hamada has had a hand in everything that the company has produced. Fans have taken a greater interest in his involvement since the release of Justice League. Their displeasure with the theatrical cut of the movie led to a a lot of online speculation. Series star Ray Fisher came into conversation with the executive as an investigation into the circumstances behind the scenes with Jeff Johns and Josh Whedon began as well. So he had a lot of uh, stuff going on. However, the one thing that I will say that uh, Walter Hamada did do is he had already forewarned that after Black Adam was released he was going to be leaving. Well, he was going to reassess, but was leaning towards leaving, and so he's done it. So now another, uh, if you will, another rat has left the ship, just saying about you know a sinking ship that is WB Discovery. How are you feeling about all this going on, Ronald? I mean, it kind of sucks because he was, you know, the head trying to put everything together, but they don't really have anybody else. They don't really have any other stories going on. They're trying to figure everything out again. It's just what happens, uh, you know, when there's a takeover. And now we're just seeing the aftermaths of all this still, like the cancellation of movies. The You know, I, I get it. It's just one of those things that's you just got to ride the wave to see what's going on. All right, Diesel, what's your thoughts on the Walter Hamada exit from DC Studios? I'm going to kind of contest what Ron just said. Yeah, he was in charge of all that, but one of the worst things with the DCEU was there was no unified vision. So what the fuck was he even getting paid to do? So I, I agree. Deuces, get the fuck out. Let somebody else come in. Let The Rock fucking be the fucking vision of fucking DC movies. It looks like that's the direction they're going yep. anyway. So uh, that might be a good thing because we'll talk about that during the Black Adam uh, <laughs> review because there ain't going to be no spoilers right now. Well, I, I think that the writing was on the wall. The, anybody who acted surprised, he had said that he was reassessing and very much leaning towards leaving. I am agreeing with you between all of the misdirections of DC Studios, all the problems that is Warner Brothers Discovery, and of course, his own personal shit that went on regards to Justice League. I think that he probably should have exited a lot sooner. Uh, once again, get out of the way. It's, it's one of those things that you need to move on from because obviously WBD is a sinking ship. But out of that, you could get somebody to leave DC Studios and when it's bought up by Disney ultimately, uh, we'll be okay, I guess. And let's be honest, that's probably the direction we're going to end up going. Speaking of a direction, we thought we were going to get a new direction, a little horror news here. Uh, As being reported by BloodyDisgusting.com, and I'll read right from the article by John Squires, Darren Boseman's reboot spiral from the Book of Saw pulled in $40 million worldwide last year, reviving the franchise and paving the way for more sequels. Another brand new Saw movie is indeed in the works, and Bloody Disgusting has learned this afternoon that Saw 10, and that's what they're tentatively calling it, will bring Tobin Bell back to the franchise as horror icon John Jigsaw Kramer. Tobin Bell will reprise his signature role as John Kramer as Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures prepare to go into production later this month on the next installment of the Billion Dollar Saw franchise with a new film slated for release on October 27th, 2023. Franchise stalwart Kevin Garut who directed the highly regarded Saw 6 and Saw the final chapter and edited Saw 1 through 5 and Jigsaw is directing this project as well. So return to the director's chair for him. Howard, I know Diesel is not a big fan of this franchise, so Ron, this is going to go out to you. How do you feel about the news of them bringing back Jigsaw and making this a legit sequel to the Saw franchise other than the spewing off of the story that they did with Spiral, the Book of Saw? I'm fine with it. It's, I mean, you're either in or you're out with Saw anymore. Um, I think they've kind of 
overstayed their welcome with the movie overall. But the fact they're bringing him back, I'm fine with. We'll see what's going on crazy. I don't think I didn't watch Spiral, and the one before that I watched and was like, eh, eh. so you know, it is what it is. I, I like Spiral for what it was. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, I'll, I'll end up watching it. I so just, I, I I liked it for what it was. With that being said, I'm happy to see Tobin Bell back because it's yeah. like he is a. I, they said it right. He is an icon of horror at this point. Jigsaw is. That is yeah. the character that we all know and associate with Saw. And if there's no Jigsaw, is there really a Saw movie? It's just like if there's no Michael Myers or if he's only in the film for 10 <laughs> minutes, is it really a Michael Myers movie? The answer is no. So I, I think that this will be a good back to form for the Saw franchise. And also having one of their uh, people that's been involved with it from the get-go yeah. back in the director's chair can only mean good things, in my opinion. True. Next up, we got a little bit of rumor. A Silver Surfer solo project is reportedly in the works at Marvel Studios and is being planned to release before the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Fantastic Four. According to the Cosmic Circus, Marvel is developing a Silver Surfer solo project in Disney Plus's special presentation format. The project will feature Noreen Rad, a.k.a. Silver Surfer, working for Galactus in the far corners of the cosmos. Rad will reportedly not be on Earth in the special presentation, nor will any previously established Marvel Cinematic Universe cosmic characters appear. However, Marvel is reportedly planning for this Silver Surfer project to be released ahead of Fantastic Four, suggesting the Disney Plus special and film might be linked. Uh, Diesel, we'll start with you. How do you feel about a sur Silver Surfer project? And this is more of akin to what Werewolf by Night was. Just a special presentation, not a series, just a special movie, one-off. I think it's actually really cool that they're going to do this. And it's a good way to introduce this character, which a lot of people do know Silver Surfer, a lot of people don't know. So by the time the Fantastic Four movie comes out, you already have this out where you can introduce him at any point along the lines at that point and know the backstory of, hey, if Silver Surfer shows up, something evil's following. So I think it's a great idea, and if you want to watch it on Disney+, Plus, you can, but it, you're not like going to be forced to watch this movie to get through the entire phase. So I think it's a great idea. Agreed. Ron, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's a nice way to introduce said characters to move forward. I know we got them in the bad Fantastic Four movie, uh, you know, Rise of the Silver Surfer. So it's, I'm glad that you're doing this so you don't have to watch like a whole two and a half hour movie about characters that we already kind of know. So this is a nice little thing like Werewolf by Night, I'm not going to lie. Watched it, loved it, watched it multiple times. And I wasn't, I was going in with low expectation in that thing. So, you know, this will probably be just as good. Right, I agree. I think this is a good way. Also, I think this also is a good way to plant some seeds for Galactus because obviously eventually we will get there in the MCU. They keep going to big bads, and once mm. again, he's one of the biggest bads. So therefore, I think that's where we're going. So you'll get your introduction even to Galactus in this movie because if he is doing his Herald of Galactus duties out in space, I'm sure we'll see a peak or maybe at least here Galactus. So that's always a good news. And once again, this is a rumor. But it is being uh, reported by some reputable sources. So hopefully this does come to fruition because I would, for one, like to see this. We got one more article, and you know we like to make it fun or have fun with it. And this one definitely is Tim Burton. Yeah, that Tim Burton. Explained why he would never make a Marvel movie. The filmmaker talked about his relationship with Disney. It doesn't sound like the Beetlejuice creator actually wants to dip his toes into the MCU. But most of his criticism stems from both the multiversal nature of their storytelling right now. Another thing Burton noted was that there's a similar nature to a lot of their storytelling. 
While the current crop of movies has branched out to some different genres, some still decry the formulaic nature of these projects. Tim Burton said, and I quote, it's gotten to be very homogenized, very consolidated. There's less room for different types of things. He told Deadline before saying he would never do a Marvel movie at this time. I can only deal with one universe. I can't deal with a multi-universe. End quote. Uh, Tim Burton, first of all, who the fuck asked you to direct a Marvel movie? Uh, with that, I will come back to myself later. Diesel, what do you got to say about Tim Burton and shitting on the Marvel Universe? It's just so ironic that he is talking about how it's become so formulaic. You know, like creating an oddball character and then having society be, you know, unsure about that character. And then society welcoming that character. And then sad stuff happens, but he's welcomed. It's the same formula that you do with all your hits. That being said, Marvel doesn't want you because you had a chance at already established worlds. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Bleh. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Bleh. So maybe they don't want you in their already invested universes because you can tell a good, unique story, but you can't tell an already made story and without putting your own little ookie kooky twist on it. Remember when he wasted over $100 million for Superman Reborn? Oh, yeah, that's right. Superborn, Superman Reborn never saw the light of day. Yeah. But, yeah, he wasted over $100 million on it. Mm -hmm. uh, Ron, what's your thoughts? Yeah, whatever. Tim Burton's just trying to get back in the news because he hasn't had anything major lately. So, so yeah, I agree with you. The, the thing about Tim Burton is this, and I've said this a long time ago, and I know I, uh, our good friend Neil, and once it pissed him off, he went to see, uh, at one point in time, Juncture, Tim Burton made a live-action Alice in Wonderland, if you don't remember. And he was going to see it. was so excited to see it and i said to him i said why i was like tim burton is it's gonna look amazing but the story's gonna suck somehow he'll figure out a way to fuck up a hundred plus year old story yeah. and sure enough when he came back he's like i fucking hate you he's like it looked amazing <laughs> but the story sucked and i'm like it's just tim burton tim burton can't tell a story anymore it's just true look at what he did with the fucking planet of the apes and and what his excuse for planet of the apes is well nobody can make that movie <laughs> 20th century fox did a great job making that movie they made three of them and disney's about to make the fourth yep. so i i don't know I, I i guess you just couldn't make that movie like honestly i've said it before i don't think he's really in my opinion had a big hit since big fish but once again it did go under the formula that you were saying yeah. before diesel yeah so big fish was what 2004 right about so there. you're like 18 years of irrelevancy and failures. Mm -hmm. Marvel don't want you touching their shit. Stay <laughs> the fuck away. I just think it's funny when people jump in this discussion about, and it's happened before with Scorsese and, and Cameron a little bit, and they jump in the discussion, and, and they're and listen, they're all great directors in their own right. But whenever they say, hey, I don't want to do it, well, they weren't offering it to you. If you haven't noticed, Marvel has been very, with the exception of a couple movies, Marvel and the MCU in particular have been very picky about picking just young directors, either unknown or on-the-come-up directors, and letting them build worlds. Occasionally, they've gone outside of that. Obviously, the first Iron Man movie, which you can't really count, was John Favreau. But at the time, John Favreau was just like he was the guy who directed Swingers. Yeah, yeah like it, he wasn't John Favreau now, where everything he touched turned to gold. And unfortunately for us, we have a lot more Disney live-action movies coming because John Favreau made over a billion dollars on the Jungle Book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Sam Raimi most recently doing uh, the Spider-Man, uh, no, sorry, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It got the two movies mixed no. up. There's too many universes. Maybe Tim Burton's right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but like outside of those, think about it. 
the big name guys who ended up being big name guys like the Russos, they cut their teeth and became big name because of the Marvel movies yeah. and the other directors out there doing the same. So that is really the MO so far with the MCU. Let's take young directors, give them projects. You know, Taika Waititi is a big name, but think about it. He became a big name doing things like Marvel and Star Wars and like his own things like Jojo Rabbit that we all enjoyed. Yeah. So, but he was still a young in the game director when Marvel said, hey, maybe you want to take a shot at this. He never had a big budget movie before Ragnarok and he knocked it out of the fucking park. Yep, yep. So it's just, once again, I don't think they're looking to the past to a Tim Burton, to a Martin Scorsese, to, and I love Scorsese, so that's not a shot at Scorsese, or to a Jim Cameron. I don't think they're looking to any of these guys. I think they're looking to the future. Yep. Yeah, and like more directors, too. James Gunn, you know, he was working for Uncle Lloyd, and like, they just, Brian Coogler had a couple big movies, but they were big critically, but they weren't big releases. They're big indie movies, yeah. And they, they're putting out these. They're putting out the next era of the Spielbergs and Scorsese's by doing these Marvel movies. I agree completely, and I'm glad that you put up that James Gunn used to work for Uncle Lloyd. Because <laughs> a lot of people forget that he started off at Troma. <laughs> he, he hits home run after home run, whether it's Marvel or DC, but yeah. yet the man started at Troma. Proving once again, for all of us Troma fans, yes, we like bad movies, A, but B, there's some fucking great shit that comes out of the Troma universe. Yeah, I would not I would not allow Tim Burton to do a Troma film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Uncle Lloyd would let him do a trauma film either. <laughs> Something tells me Uncle Lloyd's not a fan of Tim Burton. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Nerd News, but don't you fret. When the Nerd News ends, we just jump right on over to... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Definitely a big week in the box office, but coming in at number five, Lyle Lyle Crocodile with another $4.2 million. It's nice. sad that the kids' movie took the biggest hit. Yeah. Uh, the, the movie for this era, this Halloween season, Halloween Ends, drops down to $8 million on its second week. The, the, the fact that this movie has made a pretty good amount of box office with it being free on the Peacock says that people like to go back to the theater. So maybe this bankruptcy thing in the theaters will go away. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Uh, another horror movie that came out four weeks ago that is grossing in the theaters more than Halloween ends, Smile, with $8.4 million. If you want to see a better <laughs> horror movie, go see Smile. So good. And if you want to see the biggest horror movie on this list, Ticket to Paradise, starring George Clooney <laughs> and Julia Roberts, with $16.3 million. Wow. <laughs> uh, up against what it's about to be the number one, uh, that's kind of crazy to me. Yep. And number one, no hiding in this one, Black Adam. DC smashing hit with $67 million domestic. Nice. Wow. And of course, in the second half of the show, we are going to be talking about that on the 3FN Movie Club review. All right. Coming out this week, we have a bunch of new movies coming out. Uh, number one, we got Pray for the Devil. That looks interesting, and I definitely will be going to see it. Also coming out this week, a movie that I shan't be watching in theaters because I don't want to be crying in public, Till. Yes, yeah. that's the one thing that I, I want to see this movie because it looks amazing. But I, I'm probably going to ball my eyes no, out, so yeah. I don't know if I can pull myself through. I might have to wait till it's on VOD just so I can watch it in the, in the sanctity of my own home. Also coming out this week, Call Jane and the Lair. Yes, absolutely. And of course, next week's 3FN Movie Club review, you did not list, but coming back to the theaters for Halloween weekend only will be Dawn of the Dead 3D. And because of Halloween, we'll be recording on Halloween. The show will come out to most of you on November 1st. We are going to do that for our Halloween extravaganza. And then November 4th, we have Armageddon Time getting a limited release. Hopefully it gets played around here. We don't know yet. Uh, Dear Zoe, Nocebo, and Soft and Quiet. 
Absolutely. Very good. Very good. I'm a big fan of all of that stuff. Let's get going. And Diesel, after the uh, upcoming films, that means there's only one thing left. And that is the 3FN staple top three. All right. If you are a patron, you won't get the rationale behind this, but <laughs> your top three favorite 90s one-hit wonder bands. Oh, man. And I have so many to pull from. <laughs> so many. Believe it or not. And I DJed in the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> so I have played all of these in, in clubs because I'm going to that route. I'm not going to go and dig something up. I am going to go with that. And you know what? Since it's made a little bit of a comeback because the beat is in this new TikTok sensation song, my number three is a band called Eiffel 65. The song is called Blue. Oh, yeah. I'm a blue. Yes. By the way, I had like 20 different remixes of that because that was the hottest song ever. And it was it's crazy that it was the hottest song ever. Uh, my number two, and I think Diesel is going to enjoy this immensely. A little band called Divinals. And when I think about you, I touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> and my number one of, of the 1990s, and this is taking it way back because every kid I knew sang this, sang this song. And every kid I knew had this single in their player. And this song was by a band. I shouldn't call them a band. It was a rap act called Tag Team. They were back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people. Let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. Jump, jump for joy. That's right. Whoop, there it is. I thought you knew. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, you got to go with the classic uh, 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 Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. That's true. That was 90s. Early yeah, 90s. Yeah. Early 90s. Uh, number two is, uh, it's Pump Up the Jam, let's be honest. <laughs> Pop up the jam. That was yeah. good. And then number one, just because I still listen to it to this day, The Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. Very good, but very under the line. You were almost, that was the end of the 90s. You started yeah, off early the, 90s, you got the, to the end of the 90s. Definitely 99 right there. And I would argue that they are a one-hit wonder for that, because yes. they put out a lot of great songs for us, yes. but they weren't the, critically. No. It has to be critically. Yes. Yeah. You could make a case for Mope, but Mope was, no, it did not get radio play. It got TV play. Yes. <laughs> They're the one that I like to leave bars at. Uh, the left ass is better when the strippers crying. Yep. That's Diesel's favorite song of all time. <laughs> all right. For you hazelnuts out there. Hazelnuts. <laughs> a hazelnut is a fan of this one band that only had one commercial hit, and that is Sister Hazel, all for you. Oh, geez. Nice. <laughs> I like it. You went there. Uh, number two, we are going to go with the classic from 1997, Chumba Wumba, Tub Thumping. You know what's funny? I thought about going with that one too, but I'm glad you did. All right. Got my number one, but I'm going to give an honorable mention. Even though it's not quite a one-hit wonder, I've just been obsessed with this band lately. Placebo. I've been trying to find the perfect version of Every You, Every Me. Okay. Yeah. But number one, I'm going to be 500 Miles by The Proclaimers. <laughs> the Proclaimers up in this bitch. You know, none of us picked two princes. <laughs> I... Hated the Spin Doctors, dude. <laughs> but technically, I think the Spin Doctors had two hits. They I'm did have two serious. hits. Yep. Um, but the nineties were such a great time. Better than Ezra, the uh, the Toadies. Like there was so many great. Like Candlebox had their one big hit. Yeah, but technically they, they had, had two because they had maybe and they had uh, now maybe and far, far behind. behind. Yeah, yep. they had yeah. <laughs> and then uh, just making out the end of uh, the two uh, ninety nine, but it was more popular in the two thousands. Would be stabbing westward. <laughs> 
Yep. That's why I didn't pick any Stabbing Westward songs because I think their biggest hit came in the 2000s, yep. technically. I think they only have one real hit, but they were... Uh, trust me, I'm just surprised they're not, they weren't at that festival that got uh, rave reviews this past weekend. <laughs> well, that was another great top three, gentlemen. That's going to do it for the first half of the show, but... We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, it'll be time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. We went to see Black Adam, and we're going to talk all about it right after this break. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich Ron and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Welcome to 3FS Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, good certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's 3FN Movie Club Review! And of course, this week, we went to see the brand new DC Studios, Dwayne The Rock Johnson Vehicle. That's right, we went to see Black Adam, and we're going to talk about it. But first, let's get some things out of the way. If this is your first time listening to the 3FN Podcast, thank you. Uh, as a reminder to everybody, we do split the 3FN Movie Club into a spoiler-free and a spoiler section for everybody. So first, we will talk about the synopsis of this film uh, as given to us by IMDb. Then we will follow that up by telling you like who's in it, who directed it, who's the cinematographer, all that happy jazz. And then we will follow up with a thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down recommendation all spoiler free at this point we will drop the spoiler drop and then guess what will happen we're gonna spoil the shit out of this as we review the movie and then we'll play the game before giving the nerd scores and my critic score with that being said gentlemen are you ready to talk some black adam oh yep oh yeah all right, so here is the IMDb synopsis for Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. What do you think about that synopsis? Spoiler free, Diesel. 80% accurate. Okay. Well, well. Ronald? Yeah, that's fine. It's as close as you're going to get. Yeah, I hear yeah. you there. I hear you. All right, let's dive right in. Uh, Black Adam was released October 21st, 2022, with a runtime of 124 minutes. So uh, two hours and four minutes. Not a bad runtime. Uh, it was directed by Jume Coulette Serra. And I hope I said that right because I'm bad with French accents. Uh, by the way, kind of interesting uh, directorial credits for him. He directed the House of Wax remake. Okay. He, he directed the first Orphan movie. He also uh, did The Shallows, and most importantly, and probably how he got this job, 
He directed Jungle Cruise with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> better than the Skyscraper. That's true. Uh, screenplays, by the way, were done by three different people. John Siskel, uh, he, he is known for doing Maid of Honor. Remember that vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> Due Date, Rampage, and most recently, the Scooby-Doo animated movie Scoob. Yep. Also writing this movie was uh, Rory Haynes and Sharub Nasaverni. They are writing partners, and this is their first major motion picture. They've done some TV, and they've also done a lot of shorts, but this was their first major motion picture. Next up, we have the cinematographer, and we love our cinematographers here, and I have a list for this gentleman. Shot some movies that we really, really like, and some that we don't. So, you ready? His name is Lawrence Shear, and Diesel, I know you would love his first movie ever, Darden State. Oh, love it. <laughs> he, he would then go on to do Club Dread. Yep. The Dukes of Hazard. Dan in real life, The Hangovers, all three, parts one <laughs> through three. He, he's a cinematographer on all three. Due Date, yep. Paul, remember Paul? Oh, I love Paul. Yeah. The Dictator with Sasha Baron Cohen. Yep. <laughs> War Dogs with Nicolas Cage. That's yep. why I put it on the list because we always have to have a Nick Cage connection. Godzilla, King of Monsters, Ooh. which we did like. And last but certainly not least, his biggest one probably of all, and I think he won. An, I know he won an award for it, Joker. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. yep. so he was the and I don't know if he's slated to come back for the new one it didn't say it just says he did that one let's jump into actors shall we and uh, I, I went with pretty much the whole JSA plus some so of course the main star of this movie is Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, he played Black Adam you know him from The Scorpion King <laughs> The Rundown Be Cool Southland Tales that was a big pop for us yep. <laughs> Fast Five through Seven, plus the Fast, the Fate of the Furious, plus Hobbs and Shaw in the Fast Universe, Rampage, Skyscraper, <laughs> Jungle Cruise, and most recently as a voice actor in DC League of Super Pets. Now, mind you, I didn't have to do all that. We all know who Dwayne Johnson yeah. is, but I thought it'd be fun. And I didn't even mention his greatest movie of all time. Doom. <laughs> Next on this list is, by the way, this is a fun one. Uh, and I, I, I love this performance in this movie. No spoilers. Eldis Hodge played Hawkman. Uh, you might know him from his first movie. He did a lot of TV and stuff, but his first movie he ever did? Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. He was one of the kids in the uh, infamous exactly. placard scene. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then it gets better because he then was in A Good Day to Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Not as the same character. He yep. has a different character. Then uh, you might remember him mostly, though. The biggest thing I think he's known for is playing MC Ren in Straight Outta Compton. Oh, nice. Before being in The Invisible Man. And he also was in One Night in Miami, and he played uh, Jim Brown in that movie. Okay. Oh, that's right. So next up, we have Pierce Brosnan. He played Dr. Fate. And once again, I don't have to say much about Pierce Brosnan, because let's be honest, he was fucking James Bond. <laughs> the best James Bond. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Daniel Craig is my favorite. And now, I, I always said that my favorite was, uh, of course, the, the late, great Sean Connery. But I don't know. Daniel Craig did it for no. me. I don't think that Daniel Craig made a bad movie, in my estimation. And Pierce Brosnan had a good run. But there yeah. was a couple of them that were a little, you know, not everything <laughs> was golden eye, okay? God. Uh, next up, he was, of course, we know him if you're older because we remember the reruns of the TV show he was famously in, Remington Steel. Yep, yep. Uh, also, Mrs. Doubtfire is probably the thing we know him most for because we grew up in the age of Mrs. Doubtfire. But he was also in Mars Attacks, my personal favorite volcano movie, Dante's Peak. <laughs> 
the Thomas Crown <laughs> Affair, and for Diesel, Mamma Mia. Yep. Amongst a ton of other things. Yeah. I just named the things that were fun. Next up, we had Noah Centiano. He played Adam Smasher. You would know him from the two All the Boys I've Loved before and the subsequent sequel. And you would also know him for his time in the very critically um, shit upon Charlie's Angels movie. Okay. Not the ones from before, the new one. Remember? The Elizabeth Bank one. The Elizabeth Bank got mad about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Also, uh, in talking about somebody that I enjoyed as far as uh, being in the movie, Contessa Swindell played Cyclone and uh, first major motion picture. Yes. She's been in a few shorts. She's been on some TV shows. You've probably seen her on some stuff, but this was her first major motion picture. Shout out to her. Uh, next up, Sarah Shahai. Uh, she played Adriana Tomas. And uh, you might remember her from old school, or personally, I remembered her from Sylvester Stallone's hit movie, <laughs> Bullet to the Head. <laughs> Uh, Diesel is now cringing. And last but certainly not least on my uh, actors, because there's a couple cameos we'll talk about, but the, last but certainly not least on my actors in the movie is Bodie Sabinguay, who played Oman Tomas. And before this, he's done a little bit of TV and stuff, but the big get, he was the star of the WWE's Like You remember the movie Like Mike? Yeah. WWE did a Like Mike kind of movie, and it was called The Main Event. Oh, yeah. It's kind of also like the Rookie of the Year movie and shit. Like, if you guys remember that. And he was the star of that movie. Okay. So, and he was in this movie as Oman. Very cool. Uh, We can't talk about one of the cameos yet. That's in the spoiler section. But we can talk about the one that made me pop during the movie. And that, of course, is the legendary (laughs) Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. Oh, my God. Yes. Dude, when Henry Winkler went on, I don't know if you you were with me. I was with Ken. I'm like, Henry Winkler. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was more excited for Henry, Henry Winkler than possibly the last cameo that we yeah. can't talk about right now. Yeah. The Henry Winkler one was <laughs> the original so Adam Smasher. Yeah. Dude, I thought that was hilarious. Give me more Henry Winkler. And I also have a uh, special shout out to Muhammad Amur, who played Kareem. And he was my favorite part of this movie. He was the brother. Oh, yeah. He was amazing. He was my favorite part of this movie. He hasn't been in a ton of things. He has has a few credits to mostly television, but he was phenomenal. I hope more people book him after this movie because he was one of my favorites. Uh, By the way, the budget of this movie, $195 million. And, of course, Diesel already told you the budget for the uh, the ballot because it has not released worldwide yet. So it is estimated to do three to four hundred million worldwide. Yeah. Estimated and when it opens, because I do believe it's opening this week worldwide. Yeah. It just opened in the States this past weekend. So we've already gone over that. Now that we're done with this, it is time for our spoiler free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation for Black Adam. We'll start with you, Ron. What is your recommendation? Spoiler free explanation. No, uh, it's definitely a thumbs up to see this movie. It's a fun watch, it's entertaining. It's a good push uh, forward for the DCEU. Hopefully they keep this in mind as they move forward. And it, it is a solid watch. It's fun. It's entertaining. You're in. You're out in two hours. You know, nothing bad. Diesel. Yep. I, I would recommend this movie. It's not getting the double thumbs up, but it's getting the go see this. Go pay the money to go watch it. It was a fun watch. It kept me entertained the entire two hours. I do have some minor gripes, which we'll get into later. But overall, I the entire time of this movie, I was entertained. I was thoroughly entertained by this movie. I'm also going to give it a thumbs up, and I'm going to read you the spoiler-free review I did for uh, Letterboxd. 
Black Adam was a fun and entertaining movie with a ton of action. It does get bogged down at times, and it also can be convoluted at times as well. They jammed too many characters and story arcs into the movie, which at times made the movie feel rushed. However, even with the few negatives, it still delivers as an action-packed fun fest. So I, uh, if you ask me what I thought of this movie, in one word, is fun. I had a lot of fun in this movie. So it was fun and entertaining. There was some stuff there, as I said, some negatives, but it still gives a thumb up from me. That brings us to the spoiler section. So if you have not seen Black Adam and you do not want this movie spoiled, and trust me, there is one big spoiler if you've avoided it so far that we will be talking about towards the end of the review. So I would suggest if you've not seen it and you don't want the movie spoiled, this is where you stop the podcast, come back at a later date and time after you've seen it, and then hear what we have to say and see if you agree or disagree. If you, however, do not care about having the movie spoiled or have already seen it, buckle in because we're about to enter the spoiler zone right about... Now, yes, spoilers are on the table. We're going into our reviews. We're doing likes and dislikes. I don't think we have to go like some of the other movies we've done recently where we go scene by scene. I think we'll talk about some scenes and what we liked or not. I'm interested in starting with the likes, and then we'll get into the dislikes. This week, we will start with Diesel. Diesel, what are a few of your likes of Black Adam? This movie had some of the greatest visuals of any of the DC movies. Um, Towards the end of the movie with Black Adam sitting on the throne and just looking like all right, cool. They, like looked great sitting on the throne. Uh, the one scene from the trailer where he grant when he was first awakened and he grabs him by the neck and just, you know, the guy just disintegrates down to a skull and, uh, uh, spinal column. Fucking amazing. There was a lot of great comic book imagery in this that I fucking loved. I agree with you there. I thought there was a lot of great, I thought it was like watching a comic book. Yeah. It was very well done in that aspect. I liked the amount of violence in this movie. Yes. I felt like this was uh, setting a tone apart from Marvel, is go, adding on to what you said, because Marvel will only go so far with the violence as we've yeah. seen. In this movie, yet not bloody, was violent as yeah. fuck. Yeah, it was. So I, I do give them kudos to going the other direction with that as well. Any other likes? Uh, the shout out that you had for uh, the, the brother in this movie was great comic relief. Kareem. And- Better known as Muhammad Amir. Yeah, he was great. Him singing throughout the movie was fucking <laughs> phenomenal. And that guy needs to be in every DC movie now. <laughs> I could not agree more. I, I was He was one of the best parts of this movie for me. I thought he was perfect for the comedy relief yeah. role for the movie. Because yeah. you need that in every movie, in my opinion. Uh, Ron, you got any likes for this movie? Uh, really, honestly, like all the characters, when they gave you their origin kind of thing, it was actually like quick. Like, it wasn't that, it wasn't like, it was stuck on anything real quick. Like, it was Dr. Fate. Okay, the helmet picks its wearer. Boom, done. Bye. See you later. Yep. Got it. Uh, uh, Cyclone. Yeah, nanobots. Now I can do it. Boom, done. Yep, out. Adam Smasher. Uh, I'm, I'm. Wearing my uncle's suit. Yeah, I'm wearing my uncle's suit. I'm I'm the nephew. Boom, done. Down, out. Like, they didn't really bog down. You didn't get anything for Hawkman, really. He just has money. You don't really know the whole thing. And he's badass. And he's badass. But he's like. But that's a thing. Like, if you know Hawkman's character, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he he's immortal and comes back. Like, that's what he does. So, like, that's why he would have money and have be where he's at. But you didn't need to know that. Um, <clears throat> like you said, all the visuals on there are solid. Uh, the, the stupid little thing that I did enjoy was just him walking through walls. 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> like, By the way, followed with a great line at one point from Doctor Fate with, "I guess they didn't have doors in your time." And he goes, "Yeah, we did." Yeah, we did. That's how we got through into other rooms. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> and, but he just he just walks through walls because he can. And I love how they portrayed him as an anti-hero because he could have either been the savior <laughs> of this world or the destroyer of this world. I know you're saying that to get a rise out of it, but I actually enjoyed the fact that they didn't go that route. Yeah, yeah. they went the route that he is kind of a. He, I shouldn't say kind of. He is a villain. He's kind of a dick and out for himself. But then if there's somebody that he cares about, it becomes a different yeah. story. Yeah. and I did. Yeah. I dug that a lot. And they reminded him really at the end of the day why he like loved the people yeah especially the little boy yeah so who reminded him of his son so i think that i think they did a good job there they teased us with this anti-hero story no no we got the we got the villain story just where he did some heroic shit yeah Yeah. like in some of the heroic shit he did wasn't really heroic (laughs) i mean he did almost cost that young man his life true yeah so it it was kind of one of those things so i i liked how if that if you want to call that a bait and switch i'll call it a bait and switch because i like that bait and switch though because i was scared that they were going to give us like the venom yeah anti-hero role and it's like yeah. no, no no give me give me hard ass badass there's some great fight scenes between him and hawkman yeah yeah uh, hawkman just does not give up i loved yeah. it i thought aldous hodges was great in this movie i thought the dr fate talking about likes i thought dr fate was done amazingly yeah. well i thought pierce brosnan played him well i yeah. thought they gave him a great backstory like you could guide his backstory throughout the whole but you kind of know who dr fate is yeah. but that character made you feel something right down to when he sacrifices himself yeah like i feel like he was like oh shit you know he pulled the basically he pulled the bruce willis armageddon moment and i was like well it works because i like dr fate yeah i I, you know if it would have been adam smasher i probably would have cared i'm just gonna throw (laughs) it out there i'd have been like oh if he dies he dies yeah i mean (laughs) that was the one character we're like uh pierce brosnan's playing okay whatever and it actually is the movie like it, it is a solid portrayal of dr fate he, that if you know anything of the character, it, like the fight scenes were exactly what they are when you in the comics all the way down. And Dr. just Fate. teleporting over, sitting and just avoiding all the action. Oh yeah, yeah. When just, yeah he's just <laughs> well, like, oh. they're fucking when yeah. the two boys are fighting. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, let the kids fight. I'll sit over here, and he just sits there, and he's like, out of his thing, it's fine. I just also want to point out that he had the greatest interactions with everybody. Him and The Rock had some great interactions as well. Rock as Black Adam, sorry, yeah. had some great interactions. One of my favorites in the movie was after the he chases down the guys on the motorbikes or whatever yeah. you want to call them, the gravity bikes, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Uh, and The Rock grabs the guy and fucking just huffs him because that's what The Rock does in this movie. He yeah. just throws people miles away. And Dr. Fate's like, oh, good, you caught him. Uh, we, I can go ahead and I can break into his head because he can read his mind and I can find out you know, where they're holding the kid. Is he there? Uh, and then there's a long pause. And he goes, oh, you didn't kill him, did you? And he goes, well, then you see the guy floating <laughs> yeah. in the background finally. He's like, yeah, I think it's too late for him. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh shit! I love, I love the scene where he got the information too. When he took those two guys up, he's like, first question: Can either of you fly? Okay. <laughs> well, whoever tells me what I want to know gets to live. The other one gets to fall back to Earth. How about that one? Oh shit! <laughs> he was. I, I love the badass. This you can't kill people, but I kill people. <laughs> I also did find it. I did find a lot of fun with the the rock playing, kind of like. I thought that they did this part well. Usually nowadays when we see somebody from like a different universe or a different time period, they fit into today's society a little too quickly. Like I.E. Thor. Like that first Thor film. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like he, he, he got accustomed to being in this world, which he was never here, very quickly. Whereas like in this movie, Black Adam throughout the movie is learning 
about this world. Yeah. And like he doesn't understand certain things in this world or certain sayings. He takes things very literally. Yeah. And like right down to the fact of trying to teach him the catchphrase. Tell him the man <laughs> in black sent you. And I love how he's like saying it to people at the wrong times, already dead. Uh. And then the one time he went to say it, after he threw the guy, he's like, shit. <laughs> like, I missed it. I, the, the, I was supposed to tell him before. He gets it at the end. That's the, that's what yeah, matters. Yeah. He gets it at the end. But I, I really dug all those things. I thought it was a real fun movie. The action sequences in this movie are some of the best that I've seen in the comic book movie. Honestly, the fight scene's very good. Yeah. I'd put it up against any movie's fight scenes as far as overall, not just comic book, but action movies as yeah, well. Yeah, I thought really that good. they did a really good job of that. Uh, I love that opening fight scene with him in the military. Oh, yeah, that was so good. He's just and I I I'm gonna get into a negative here, and we can just go over the one negative I had. There was a lot of slow motion, and I get the Black Adam moves fast, but like we didn't need that. Like so that's fine, but then Cyclone gets slow motion yeah, and Adam smashes, and I'm like we're using slow mo a yeah, little too, too much. much. Yeah. So that was a detraction, but in that first fight scene, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, the, the first fight scene in slow motion was. Perfect. Yeah, because it really broke down the little intricacies, and then they sped it up to see how everything... Like, when he puts the grenade in the dude's mouth, <laughs> yes. that is one of the best things I've ever seen. I swear to it. I, I loved it. Yeah. Let's go into negatives. Diesel, negatives, I know you have some. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with some of your guys' points. I thought the side characters, I didn't care about any single one of them. Not even Dr. Fate. When he makes his big sacrifice, I'm like... I see what you're trying to do here. I just am not connected enough to any of the characters. The the regular humans, the people that are in the JSA, yeah. just didn't connect to any of them. I was like like the little the little boy who's just all right, he's a little boy in this, you know, Egypt country, quote unquote. Oh, what do little kids like to do? What do kids like to do? Skateboard. Yeah. Of course. The the mother didn't care. The only person I cared about was the brother. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I, I, I do disagree with you. I, I didn't care about everybody. I Like I said, Cyclone, I don't think they did. I think she was great at the role. She was good. Yep. I think everybody played the role, but it, there was no reason. Like It was kind of like she was a secondary thought. The same as Adam Smasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Smasher was there for a little bit of comic relief and then yeah. that was it. So I, didn't like it. I liked Hawkman. I didn't feel connected to Hawkman, no. but I felt like he was a badass. Oh yeah, like, I definitely I thought that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. felt he was a badass. But the the fact that you know he's like, well, you're gonna die, and then you know Doctor Fate obviously swaps swaps with him. I was like, I, I don't care if either of them die. I just don't. But I I like. But I guess it's because I'm a comic book fan and I've read Black Adam. And I, I've read Dr. Fate comics. And Dr. Fate, he played Dr. Fate like yeah. Dr. Fate should be played. So I guess I just bring that yeah. package in. So we are coming from different things. Yeah. I did care about the boy. I thought the boy did good. I uh, thought that I could... Well, the thing is, I could, I had sympathy for him. Obviously, he had no father in his life, and he was looking for a father figure. True. Yeah. Also, I could understand you know, the logic of making him kind of a fill-in for the Rock Sun, yes. which we'll get to in a yeah. second, I'm sure. He definitely did, paralleled... The, the Black Adam's son yeah. got that as well, too. But again, I was just, I just, I was like, I don't care. I don't care about these people. And then, you know, all this shit's going on. And then finally they show up to, you know, we got to take care of Black Adam. And I love this plot point of, well, where were you before? Where were you heroes when we were being enslaved? Yeah, we're like, I thought that was the first time that I've seen that in a, in a superhero movie. And I actually applaud that. Yeah. They actually were like, hey, wait a minute. Fucking, yeah. where and have it, you been? Because we're being enslaved by these fucking yeah. warlords. Yeah. And I'd I, like that. I love that plot point, but then you know, all of a sudden they, you know, they talk to talk to Adriana. Oh no, Black Adam's bad. Okay, Black Adam's bad. He did bad things. 
where do you get that jump? They just say something and she automatically believes them over who has been helping her out this entire time. I agree with you, but I get the part because she they tell her the truth about what Black Adam did. Yeah. So they tell her, uh, as a matter of fact, the, I did like this. This is something I liked and I knew you were going to bring up. That's why I saved it. I like the peeling of the onion about the character because we get to see the backstory. We get to see the the young kid who, you know, steals the, the rock that they need, who runs to the top, who does the little triangle fucking mm-hmm. hand gesture and uh, then, you know, he's, his father tells him to not do it, but you don't get a good look at the father yeah by the way played by a different actor which i think is funny they just superimposed yeah. someone's head on him in a minute we'll get there but uh as the story goes on you see that he gets caught by the king for stealing the king's jewel fucking they're gonna kill him and then poof he's gone and then you, he's in with the wizards for some yeah. by the way can we talk about how the wizards in the shazam world these egyptian god wizards they'd love these little boys i i think there's a problem <laughs> there is definitely a problem and you know maybe don't wait till he's about to get beheaded yeah, Maybe. come for the save a little <laughs> earlier. So anyways, this is what we see in the beginning, and then nothing else. So then we assume, and then we find out that Black Adam ends up destroying, defeating the king. We do find that part out. We don't know how he does it. We just know there's ruins, and then we're back in the present day. So then they awaken Black Adam. So we find all this out, and then the part that you're talking about, we get the dump real quick from uh, Hawkman, where he says, well, he obviously didn't tell you what happened that day. He didn't protect people. He went in there with vengeance and destroyed everything and almost blew up the damn city. And so they show you just that, just him blowing up the fucking thing, which was badass, by yeah. the way. Badass. And you know what? This this woman who's just met this guy and he saved her life how many times? I'm, I'm with you on I'm this. On, I'm, I'm, I'm still, if I'm that woman, I'm just like, yeah, and you guys have done nothing and he's been helping me. I'm still listening to black adam i'm i'm with you by the way i'm with you i'm with you on that portion of it i'm just saying that they did try to explain it but i think they were trying to save it for the end where you finally get when he has that meet up at the end where he's basically the guy says to him you know i heard you you cried like a you you, i've heard the story and tells the story and he goes and i've heard you cried like a a little baby when your son when uh no he says harut he doesn't say his son he says when harut when they killed harut i heard you cried like a little baby and then finally we get kind of the backdrop we get the fact that what happened was harut who is the rock's son black adam's son was black adam yeah or teth adam technically and then the rock was going to die so he gave up the power and told him to say shazam at the same time and transferred the power to his father so his father wouldn't die and in that moment the king's men arrowed his son to death perfect timing by the way yeah i marked out for that and then the difference was the champion of that world the hero of that world was teth adam which was harut his son the black adam we have was never a hero he was always somebody who put his head down and did what he was told like a like a good slave if you will because he was a slave and then when that happens and he has all this power, he goes for vengeance and revenge. See, so it was two different things. And I'm like, oh, and now it makes sense. Like, I, I liked how they revealed it. I kind of figured that was what was going on. But at the same time, I liked the, the little subtle reveals of it personally. I would have enjoyed it more if, like, the trailers didn't say, I was born a slave and my son died. Yeah, you, I know. Yeah. That was a dumb. Once again, trailers do <laughs> trailers dumb shit. Yeah. So going in knowing all that, I'm just like... Well, at one point I was like, oh, maybe the actual twist is it is the son. Yeah. And then, no, 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 it wasn't. (laughs) And I was like, god damn it. Um, But I did like how they put the story together. Yeah, the story was good. 
Um, I do also have a big gripe about the you know the villain of the movie, like the opening scene when he shows the king and he's like got the really bad scarred pentagram on him. I'm just like, oh, this looks horrible. And then when you know his lineage comes down and regains the throne and uh, becomes this demon, becomes the devil basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like it, I, straight out of legend. For whatever reason, DC makes these horrible villains on screen. Like Steppenwolf looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Sabak looked horrible. I did not, did not look good. Yeah. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, so that was another minor gripe of mine. Yeah. yeah, I just think that when you get to that point of the movie, though, you're like, fuck. I like the, the parts more there were the infighting more than that. And I, th- I felt like the challenge there was really kind of null. They give you the sense because, of course, Shazam relinquishes his powers. Which I did not get. We were talking about this the other night, but like during the yeah. scene where he's like, I will say the words, but you can, I, I will, you, I can never say it again. Well, that's where he does the big expedition yeah. dump about that. That is really where the scene goes, where his son, he tells the story because because yeah. Hawkman, because of hearing the story from Sabak goes. So what was what was the deal with Haru? Who is Haru? And he was, then he goes into the yeah. whole story. You get the whole backstory there. Yeah. But at, in my mind, I'm like, if I got all these powers, I've gone through all this shit and I got locked up for 5000 years. Just because I had a memory of my son doesn't mean I'm going to fucking give up my powers. Fuck that nonsense. Well, as I explained to you, it was it was based upon the fact that he started looking at Amon like his son. Yeah. And then he hurt him out of his rage once again. Like his rage consumed him in that scene, which in theory kind of was what needed to happen, but it, it, it happened. He saved the kid's life. Well, he could have killed him easily, too, though. That was the whole but point. But he yeah. didn't. <laughs> I get it. But I blame that more on Dr. Fate, because he was the one responsible for covering the kid's body. <laughs> and, he didn't, and he should have known he was going Omega level on him. I'm just throwing it out there. And how are you going to protect the little bastard that you care about now if you don't have the powers? <laughs> but that's. But I'm just saying, that's the reason why he gave up being Shaz- or being Black Adam and said Shazam. But then I thought that it's also because plot armor. Because yeah, let's yeah. be honest, then we don't get the scene where Amanda Waller locks him up in the fucking, like, the subsection where yeah. they have all these meta-humans. Yeah, there's way too like, many. Way there. too many. And and underneath, like what well, they're in water with breathing apparatuses to keep them from doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Dr. Fate, as he's taking on the fight, awakens him. And that's how we get it back with that heroes thing. And he gets to that surface. And, of course, it was a good moment. When he gets to the surface, I was like, I knew it's coming. But I'm like, come on. And come on. And finally, he says Shazam. And boom, we're off to the races. So I enjoyed the Dr. Fate talking to the character that's locked up. I did not enjoy how long it took him for, from to say Shazam and getting oh, no. shot up and getting, dude. Yeah. yeah, it was just like just as soon as it just come out, the thing opens up, yank that fucker out of your mouth and say fucking Shazam, and then fuck Boom. everybody up in that room right, right quick and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. It was way too they, drawn, they drawn out. it out. But when he came back, you know, you, you know, the badass champion comes back. You know, yeah. blah 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 blah. And I, so I like at the end of the day, I get your. By the way, yeah. all your complaints are actually valid because I agree with a lot of them. Yeah, I just that that one when you said it, I was like, but dude, they did explain it. I get that it doesn't make a ton of sense, but this is what they were going for. Did they succeed a hundred percent? No, but this is what they were going for. Yeah, Ron, did you have anything to add? No, like the the final fight scene was fine up until the end, where uh, when he's ripping Sir Doc uh, in half. By the way, ripping him in half was pretty badass. <laughs> well, no, no, I get it, but he, that's when he should have yelled Shazam as well and used the lightning to, to fry him. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be cool. That, that, that's what because that's what he does in the comics a lot of times. So and that's why like, I'm like, well, was waiting for it, and he starts ripping it. I'm like, right uh, now you say it, and then he, you say it again, so it's like the double shock of it. Yeah, boom, and then he's back into form. Or you just because one of the moves is they 
put the body or whatever in in the way of the lightning and it hits that yeah. so it's all he does he's ripping it in half and he just leans back and he just and he says it and then as he's ripping it he says it and fries it and goes and that's what i was really hoping although for. a comic book movie where we get to see somebody ripped in half i'm not going to complain yeah. too much <laughs> or a devil get ripped in half if you yeah, but I, that was just something i was hoping we, no, we i got gotcha. you anything else yeah. for dislikes for you Oh, like you guys hit it all. I mean, it's there's a like the other thing is the mask on, mask off for Adam Smasher. Yeah, that makes was, make that was makes weird. it's like one like yeah, he's in his costume, okay, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's walking over here. He's like his, his mask and is he's just, goofy as shit. His mask is off, and it's just like okay. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, action! We got we're fighting over here, and the mask is back on. Like I, I like that that bugged me. I did not care for the Adam Smasher character at all, except for his interactions with Hawkman. Yeah, yeah, those right. were great. When no, we got on the ship, oh my god, I'm gonna fuck you up. Like those were so great. <laughs> when we get on the ship, me and you. <laughs> a couple of me and you. When we get on the, me and you. Eventually, I just broke down to him looking at him, going, "Me and you." <laughs> and then another thing I didn't get with the ship, you know, like, oh, it's all made out of this whatever uh, material. It's 100 percent indestructible. And then that ship gets fucked up. Come on. Well, technically, it doesn't get destroyed. He just throws it into the fucking water. The yeah. only thing that comes apart is the two parts that come apart. Because as we saw, Every when they were taking him to prison, was made of this indestructible I material. I get it. I get what you're saying. You're, you're just being nitpicky there. <laughs> any any other nitpicks you oh. want to make, Diesel? It was there was a lot of plot armor that was like, oh yeah, wow. I'm just not understanding the motivations for this, which took me out of it. But again, I was thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie oh yeah it's fun <laughs> so we get to the end of the movie here's where we get to the real spoilers so we get to the end of the movie and as the movie proper ends you know hawkman says to black adam listen you know these are your people take care of them whatever as long as you don't fuck with us we won't fuck with y'all basically he doesn't say those words but that's me saying what he's yeah. saying and then we get you know the end so we get the first part of the the the, the credits and then we have a mid-credit break that's the only break in the movie and that's when this drone gets sent to the temple and uh, Amanda Waller shows up in front of Black Adam and Black Adam basically says to her, you know, he's, he, she says, well, you know, you, you're you here with now, so as long as you stay, we'll, yeah. we'll keep this arrangement or else I'll, I'll have to have somebody from somewhere. I have a lot of friends from elsewhere that can take care of you. And he goes, yeah, well, I can beat everybody on this planet. She goes, well, I have friends from other planets. And, he, and then Black Adam goes, okay, send them, send them all. And then we get this smoke and a levitation. Well, a D at levitation, technically. And as the smoke kind of disperses a little bit, we get this wonderful rendition of a certain superhero's theme song that I was like, I marked out for because it was the old school Superman theme. Yep. And a little updated version, but still, it was the old school Superman theme. And then we hear the voice, Black Adam. It's been a while since there's been a challenge on this planet. And you're like, in your head, you go, I know that fucking voice. Because <laughs> at this point, you haven't seen his face yet. No, no. And you're like, I know the voice. There's no fucking way it can't be. And as the smoke clears, it's Henry Cavill as Superman. So he has returned to Superman to face off with Black Adam. And basically, they're setting up Black Adam versus Superman. Yep. And I'm, I have zero problems with that. Yeah. Zero problems. And this is the, by the way, Black Adam could be in trouble. Because this is the Superman who has gotten a body. <laughs> this is not the Boy Scout Superman. Remember, this is the Superman. This is Man of Steel Superman that bodied a motherfucker. That's right. You heard it here. <laughs> oh, Be prepared for fucking carnage, baby. <laughs> and not that shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> no more Venom, let there be carnage. Which was worse, that one or Morbin Time? 
honestly, because I cared so much about Venom and Carnage as comic book characters, what they did in that movie was abysmal. Morbid Time at least made me laugh at a few scenes. <laughs> Listen, Venom, Let There Be Carnage was the worst. And I'm going to tell you why. That last fucking scene, I just wanted to be your friend. <laughs> Fuck my life. I fuck. I left that. I've never been as mad leaving a movie theater as I was that night. <laughs> yeah. Like, the rest of the movie was like, it was bad, but I'm like, okay, whatever. You that had the cool line. backstory animation scene, which saved that part of the movie, but <laughs> it was so bad. Fucking bullshit. Anyways. Now, <laughs> quick question with the, the surprise cameo of this movie. We were talking about outside. I don't see Superman doing favors for Amanda Waller. I think they were two individual things that just happened at the same time. I'm actually going to agree with you there. I, I think that's a red herring. I don't think that she can call in a favor for Superman. I don't think she has that pull. I don't either, but then again, I don't know what they're dealing with in this DC world. Yeah. Because maybe she holds it over his head that he's got a body, technically. Because I guess that would be her only, uh, you know, like normally the choir boy this Superman is, you have nothing over his head. In this world, you have to remember he he did kill somebody. And depending upon which Justice League cut you use, he also killed another, well, <laughs> he killed, killed another being, if you will. Uh, both of them were beings, because Zod's yeah. also an alien. But still, yeah. like, he's got a couple bodies on his resume. And he's responsible for the death of a lot of casualties. So maybe, maybe <laughs> okay, so uh, now that, that we've worked this through, maybe he might yeah. owe her a favor for something. Maybe this is her, maybe, but this is probably her only favor. Yeah. If I, if I would guess. Because it is, it, once again, I do not see Superman working with Amanda Waller normally. Yeah. But in the case of thinking about Man of Steel, Superman, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe there's a, there's some bodies. There's there's some bodies in that I, closet. I, I, I don't think she's the one you atone to for those bodies because it's only going to yeah, lead to more bodies. She represents the government, though, so yeah, it's only going to lead to more bodies. I think she's more talking like Martian Manhunter. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking she's got things up her sleeve, but I, not. I think she was meaning other people. I think Su- I think Superman was just a coincidence. I don't think she called him in. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day she could ask for a favor, but I think Superman was just doing Superman things and was like, "Oh, this this motherfucker's talking shit." Yeah, I, and talk I, shit and to he, the big dog. And he ends it like we should talk. Like that's not that. It wasn't a threat. Yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't a threat. But Superman just letting let him know yeah. I'm fucking Superman. Yeah. At the end of the day, you might think that you're you know a god. But I'm fucking Superman. Anything you can do, I can do better. And that's that's really what Superman's mentality is. And for better or for worse, the Man of Steel you know, hasn't messed with hasn't magic. done hasn't messed with magic. But yeah, but you know what though? He's the only person that kicks his ass is Batman. Like I said, all they're going to do is bring Batman in to save his ass from Black Adam. That's what they do all the time. Well, that's so probably who she's talking about. Talking. Uh, well, she said other planets. She well, when she said other planets, I think she was talking about Martian Man yeah. or you know somebody else. I don't think she was talking about Batman because he's not from another planet. I, but I do think that Superman. I do think we're going to get to see Superman versus Black Adam. That's what The Rock wants. Yeah. And what The Rock wants, he's going to get. And that's going to make yeah. all the monies in the world. I do. I will say this. My, my guess now, if you ask me today, is this that Batman will save the fucking day. I don't know which version of Batman, but Batman will save the day. Uh, and Supes will look like he's going to lose. And as always, Batman will bail him out. Because that's just how that works, even in the comic books. Batman always has to bail. It's weird. Godlike figure. Batman, just a, just a guy <laughs> with toys. And he always bails the godlike figure out. I don't understand. Uh, the other thing we talked about... And I want to add this in before we jump in because we're almost at the time to play the game. But me and Ken were talking about after we left. I was like, I like what they did here. I liked and you know, sorry, Padawan J was with us as well. I forgot. I'm sorry, Pad. Uh, but I like what they did here with the fact that yes, they brought in you know the JSA, and yes, at the yeah. end we get the Superman uh, reveal, and we might get a Superman versus Black Adam type film. 
I said that I, I mean, I'm fine with that stuff, but I do never need to see another Justice League movie or another ensemble film. I think that DC should set itself apart from Marvel. And where Marvel does big ensemble films, I think DC shouldn't. That doesn't mean you can't bring in some other actors into the fucking fray and cross some shit over and cross the streams. I'm just saying I don't think they should do that big you know, Justice League type movie again because I think that was a mistake. I think what we got in Black Adam is better than what they were doing in the Justice League. Yeah. I, just like the, the Aquaman like, movie was better as a standalone yeah. than it was when you added shit in. Yeah. Just like the first Wonder Woman movie, better as a standalone. Yeah, you know, your, your group movie for DC is the Suicide Squad. Let, right. Let, let, let that be the group movie. Let, yeah. let that, don't worry. You intertwine, you intertwine them with whatever heroes you need to at the time. And do and move it that way. You don't do the in the Justice League is just in the background. And like I said, you can have Aquaman versus Black Adam or whatever the fuck. That's fine. You can have Superman like we were talking about versus Black Adam. But like, and you can pull, pull people in. But I don't think you should do ensemble films. Yeah. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think given their track record, maybe once we get a new head of DC for movies, we'll have a different take. But currently, with Tamada leaving. And things up in the air. I think you just do standalone stories where you can pull in other people and have the cameo or have them be a secondary character. But you shouldn't be doing another Justice League movie. You should not be doing, you know, these big where you pull in all your A-list characters and then give us shit again. (laughs) Agreed. That'll take us out of the review section and right into... Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it is time to play the game. Of course, Ron is still your champion because he defeated Ken M in an upset come from behind victory. Can Diesel reclaim the throne or will Ron stay on top? The game is played simply like this. We're going to take scores from around the internet and we're going to play it like Price is Right rules. This is the closest to the score without going over unless there is a tiebreaker need and then it's just closer to the score because we don't do fucking ties. Diesel, you are the challenger. You get to go first. And with that being said, IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give Black Adam? Uh, IMDB is more critic-based. I'm going to go with four. Ron. Five. And Ron gets the point, 7.1 out of 10. Okay, so they factor in the audience. (laughs) Ron, you get to go first this time. Metacritic. This is just critic scores, as you know. Out of 100%, what did they give Black Adam? I'm going high on this one. 85. Diesel. 20. Diesel ties it up. It was 40% on Metacritic. Diesel, you get to go first here. This is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. This is critics only. Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Black Adam? 44. Ron. 60. And 39%. 39% for the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. It was right around the Metacritic score, yeah. by the way. That means, Ron, you get to go first here. Rotten Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they get, Black Adam? 85. Diesel. 86. Oh, we're cutting me <laughs> off of the G's. Fans loved it. And it worked because Diesel gets the point 90%. I didn't know how high it was going to be. <laughs> so that means it is two to one, which means this next sprint is worth two points because we make it interesting around here. So, Diesel, you have to get this right because the pressure's on. And you get to go first. Google users, out of 100%, what did they give Black Adam? 93. 
93%. You're fucking crazy. Run. 92. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for that anticipation? You ready for it? I'm going to bring it out because it's... And your winner. And new oh, champion. Damn. Is he right on? Diesel. He was off by 1.94%. Oh, it wasn't 94. Oh. I wouldn't have gone 94. 94% Google users. Now that we found out what the internet has given Black Adam, it is time for us to give it the nerd score with my critic score as well. The nerd score is simple. It is a three-part of the score. The three parts are this. It's part critic score, it's part recommendation, and last but certainly not least, it's part entertainment. So it could be lacking in the critic, but as long as it was entertaining, it will move up on the uh, nerd scale. Just the same way as if it's a re-recommend the movie, it goes up a little bit as well. The scale is simple. It's five parts. And here are the five parts. A one is no. That means don't go see the movie. It's terrible. It's might be Halloween ends. A two <laughs> is going to be you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. It's bad. So you've been warned. A three is ah, it's good. That means it's an average to good movie. It's not something you should run out and see. But, you know, if you catch it on television, go ahead and give it a watch. You don't necessarily need to buy it or rent it. But if it's on one of the streaming services, give it a watch. You won't regret seeing it, but at the same point in juncture, it's not going to be something that is, uh, you know, pressing to see. The four slot is just take my money. These are the very good to great movies. These are movies that are essential. These are movies that you should see in your lifetime. These are movies that you should see in the theater if they're in the theater or buy them on Blu-ray or rent them. If you spend money on them, they're worth it. They definitely need to be seen and consumed by you. That is what Just Take My Money is. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air. These are the classics. They are, this is certified nerd. This is like movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, and so many more that you can throw in this. Just this year alone, we've had Spider-Man No Way Home. We've also had uh, The Batman and Clerks 3 all hit the unanimous certified nerd. And we've had a couple, just like a couple weeks ago, Amsterdam. Both these gentlemen, I haven't seen it yet. I just have to give you my score. Both these gentlemen gave it a you know certified nerd, which means it's almost there. But if even it's not, it's not unanimous, but there's still ones that we score that way. So, gentlemen, it is now time for you to give your scores. And we're going to start with Ron. What is your nerd score and why? This right now is a four. You need to see it's entertaining. It's fun. It is a good comic book movie all the way around. Um, if this is where the DCEU is heading and moving towards forward, this might get pushed up to a five later. But if they fail at other things, it might get pushed down to a three. But after watching this movie, seriously, like I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. We went in with low expectations. And, you know, we watched it, we enjoyed it, we came out and actually had a conversation about it like we normally do, but it's just fun. It's a fun movie. Diesel. All right, this is one of those ones where I agree with the fans, and I also agree with the critics, which is weird since there's such a huge disparity between the two groups. Movie-wise, this is horrible. Entertainment-wise, it's great. It's a great watch. It's fun. I'm giving it a three, and sort of in the same vein as Ron, if this is where the jumping point off is for how DC is going to do their movies, it might move up to a four for me. Yeah. But right now, as it stands, we're at a three. I am going with Ron. I give it a four. I give it just take my money. I think this movie is very good. Standing alone, I give it a four. I think it's, a very, like I said, the one word, if you said one word to equate it to Black Adam, fun. It was a fun movie. It was entertaining. Yeah, there was plot holes. Yeah, there was a lot of plot armor. Yeah, there was shit I didn't like. But at the same time, it overcomes all of that for you to have fun. There's great fight yeah. sequences. It is like watching a comic book on the screen. It's it's 
it's up there in the fun level. I mean, I don't think it was full of jokes like Ragnarok was, but the action kind of was like a Ragnarok or even a Thor Love and Thunder where you got a lot of cool action sequences, a lot of cool violence. And, you know, but it's still a lot of fun. That's how I would say it. But not a lot of, like, dick and fart jokes, if you will. Yeah. I, and I like that about it. I liked that it kept its serious tone. There was funny stuff, but there was still also a serious tone to the movie. And at the end of the day, that's what you're here for. This is one of those movies, though, it's going to be weird because usually if I give something a four, it's a seven and a half or above. And this is going to fall just short of a seven and a half. I was trying to juggle between which I wanted to give it. I'm sticking with a solid seven. This was a seven. It was a very good, you know, I, I, it's on the lower end of a very good movie. It's not, it's not quite great, but it was very good. There was a lot of plot armor. There's a lot of things that they could have done a little differently. However, it is overcome by the fun. Uh, the cinematography was amazing in this movie. I like the CGI in this movie. Believe it or not, the CG looked good. It wasn't... It, I never really felt like I was taken out of it. You know, like when we were watching uh, Beast... And we were like, yeah. man, those fucking fake lions really kind of took you out of it. Yeah. Like the the, he the hero lion, if you will, the villain lion, but they call it the hero because it's the good looking one uh, as far as like film terms. That one looked good in that movie, but the other ones look like shit. Yeah. They look like they were copy and pasted. In this movie, though, the CG looked good. There wasn't, there was no time where I was like, "Man, that fucking CG." I mean, I didn't like how the the Sabak looked, yeah. but that wasn't on the CG. That was it. Just was the a character, character design. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So with that, I really, really did enjoy this movie, though. So I give it a seven out of ten. Uh, me and Ron both gave it a just take my money at the four slot, and Diesel gave it ah, it's good at a three slot. Regardless of how you should see this movie, check it out if you want to wait until it comes to streaming. I do believe it will be hitting HBO Max by December. Because they change the, they do that quick turnover over there. So I do believe December is when it hits HBO Max. If not, it is worth going to see in the theater if you want to see it. It is, it's a fun movie. And boy, I, I'm going to say it. I, I don't think I think we undersold it. That post credit scene, the mid credit scene, if you will, probably one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> there's a great surprise. I can understand why people are fucking hyped. I was hyped to see Henry Cavill back, which as far as we knew, he was done, and all of a sudden to bring him back, and he looked good. It sounded good. It looked. Uh, by the way, looking at the two of them facing off, that's a poster. Yeah, that's how you make a fucking movie. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Well. That does it for it. Let us know, by the way, Diesel, because we don't want to spoil it for anybody. If they would like to talk to us about Black Adam, they should hit us up on the email. What's that email address for them? Threefatnerdspod at gmail.com. Remember, if you want to do anything spoiler-free, you can hit us up on the socials. With spoilers, do in the email, because we, we don't want to spoil this for anybody. Speaking of those socials, if you want to find out all of our socials, or you want to find out the Patreon link, the Public link, the music directory featuring, shout out the robots, the uh, local sponsors, including the main sponsor for this show, Dragon Master Games, all that magic gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And so much more. It's a one-stop shop. Visit 3FNPodcast.com and you can get all that information to hook up with your three favorite nerds. Ron, you have some business to take care of. Two out of ten stars. No point. The movie is incredibly well produced and incredibly well filmed. However, there is a little point. Yes, they went to get to the ring somewhere, but it does not take such a long time to deal with this matter. Rather, the movie would be better off split into a serial aired once a week on TV. There is little character development and no substantial development of plot. Instead, there is merely a series of exciting and well-filmed adventures. If I oodled of times to devote to being entertained, such as when I retire one day, then I would maybe have enjoyed this movie more. Two out of ten stars. No point. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. House of Dragons says, fuck your Amazon show. We've taken them numbers. 
Dude, House of Dragons is good. I didn't watch it, no. but I've I've heard nothing but good yeah. things. Unfortunately, I have to wait two years for the next uh, season. But hey, I've I've heard a lot of good things. So I've also heard good things about the Rings of Power. So to be fair, being fair for the whole uh, gamut there. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of 3FN Podcast. Next week, we will be back to talk nerd news. And of course, the 3FN Movie Club Review, which next week will be Dawn of the Dead 3D, which we'll be seeing this weekend at the theaters. And I hope you guys go out and see it as well, because it's one of the best movies out there as far as the zombie category. And I think it's my favorite of the Romero flicks as well. Yeah, hands down. With that being said, though, thank you for joining. Hope you were entertained. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Time to go back to band camp. Learn the language just sucks.